You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, defensive end. If he's over him, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by them and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. Um, joined alongside tonight, Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim in Green Bay live in the house here. And uh, we're just going to kind of continue to deep dive into the Chicago Bears game. I know we pulled up quite a bit of information. Uh, Tim has uncovered a little bit of defensive talk. And then we're going to wrap this big puppy up with uh, – a little bit of over-under talk, which I'm really excited about. Jacob's uh, kind of combed through some of the over-unders for this game, and I really do think that Vegas has a beat on stuff sometimes, you know, and uh, I think it's important to kind of understand where the projections are. And, and you know, if you do like to put a little action on the game, then maybe we'll give you a couple things to think about. We definitely want the chat to get involved with the over-unders when we get to that segment. So you guys be ready for that. Speaking of the chat, let's give a shout-out to Red Mo. We got Eric Sutherland in the house, Jonathan, Mike Berry, Brad Christensen in here. Uh, it's good to have you guys on board tonight. And let's see here. Let's see what uh, Brad said right off the bat. He said, if our defensive plan isn't stacking the box and Darren Fields to beat us through the air, someone should be committed to mental therapy. <laughs> he can't hit the ocean from a boat. Man, I, I've been one that's been kind of uh, – I've kind of laid back a little bit and not been as aggressive on the uh, Justin Fields hate talk. But, man, when you when you go look at the film breakdown, whether it's a Kurt Warner or a JTO Sullivan or you just pull up the tape yourself, I actually watched the final game that the, the Packers played last year against the Bears, uh, that second matchup last year, uh, twice today on the condensed version where it's just whistle to whistle, snap to snap. And, um, you know, he hit Equinemius St. Brown on that deep pass where Jair Alexander basically blew a coverage. And then, of course, he had the read option where um, he broke Keyshawn Nixon's tackle, uh, broke Rasul's tackle, and burst through the secondary. And I came away from watching that game, and even with those two big plays going, I feel really good about this game, Jacob. I feel really good about it, man, because he, he shows you nothing with his arm. He really doesn't. Um, again, we've talked about the PFF grade and how horrible it is. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to that, let's, let's just kind of jump into the Bears talk, if y'all are good with that. Um, offensively, I was kind of – this this really is, isn't associated with offense, but I pulled this up on PFF. If you guys can see this on the screen, I'm sure you can. This right here is their playoff uh, percentage chances, okay? And basically went through and broke down. Now, they, they also did, you know, some quarterback analytics here with uh, point spread rating, things like that. But when you look at their chance to make the playoffs as far as projections here, you'll notice Green Bay is 14th in the league. They're tied in 14th place, 
right, at 44% chance of making the playoffs. Now, when you break that down, obviously 14 teams get in, seven from the NFC, seven from the AFC. What they're basically projecting is it's going to be between Green Bay and Minnesota for that number seven seat. And, you know, it's amazing how if you were to go back two or three months, just like we talked about yesterday, um, yesterday, then you would look at the playoff chance and go, oh, there's no chance this team's winning six games, right? Now all of a sudden here we are. And I trust PFF over many other outlets, Jacob, but how do you feel about those playoff chances there, man? I I mean, I, I don't really know what to think about that. I think a lot of people – I'm surprised if I'm a Viking fan, I guess I might be a little bit um, feeling disrespected. You know, a lot of people – obviously, what did they have, like, 13 games last year that they got decided by six points or less or something like that wasn't an NFL no. record. So when you talked about people talked about us being a 13 win fraudulent team, however many years ago it was when it was one of those, you know, one of the 13 win seasons we had, I can't remember which one, <laughs> how many teams can say that, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that we're going to be competing more at the top of the food chain, not at the bottom. I'm not really worried. I, I would think that it'd probably be more like, I'm more worried about Detroit uh, going toe to toe with them. I think I, I honestly do think that um, that Minnesota. I think that they're just going to have a really bad defense. And Chicago. I just I really think we're going to get to see how bad we can get into it in a little bit here. I have some stats that I it really blew my mind at how bad Justin Fields is, like historically, historically bad, and the fact that he got. I believe he got like an actual one MVP vote last year. Like whoever that person is, I don't know who it is, but <clears throat> I'd like to know. And I'd like to go egg his car and like dog poop on his front lawn, Billy Madison style. <laughs> I couldn't imagine voting him for MVP after that performance. Like, I, I mean, it's just yeah. 17 passing touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And then on top of that, your PFF grade, you know, in the forties, it's just like, and, and it, the other thing that amazes me, Tim, about last year is how everyone said, no, he turned the corner. He finished strong. And then if you look at how bad they played down the stretch, it's like you're going to try to convince me that the most important position on the team, right, played extremely well, but it wasn't good enough to get his team over the hump. And they literally – you can look at the success chart and their production. It literally tanked all the way to the end of the season. But what do you think about that playoff chances uh, uh, graphic that we just showed there? Tim? I mean, I think it seems, I mean, pretty, pretty fair. I mean, this is, you know, early preseason predictions. Um, and I see where we're at here kind of, yeah, 14th. And then you look at these, these teams in the, that are in the NFC, um, in my opinion, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think, I think they're pretty high on Dallas for some reason. Um, and I, that's a team <laughs> that I see maybe regressing this year, um, you know, New Orleans too. I mean, you know, Derek Carr, who knows, that might be the perfect fit down there uh, for him in that offense and in that scheme. But uh, I think we're good. Where, where are the bears? I can't, I can't see the bears. Where, where's their, uh, do they have well, to start another there. page? If you look real close, they're third from the bottom down here on this page. Oh Dallas, yeah. So, yeah. But okay. you know, this is this is the year that they win thirteen games, according to Adam Rank and Kyle Brandt and everyone else well, who grew up in Chicago, right? So. Delusion is something that comes along with being a Bears fan, just like losing does. So, 
um, it doesn't surprise me that uh, for some Stay inexplicable reason. Damn weed. <laughs> I think it's more about that, more about the <laughs> weed, Tim, than the, than the delusion. <laughs> oh man. Oh they, Lord! They got that good, good legal stuff down there in Illinois. That must be what it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They got the <laughs> got the gummies broke out down there. Let's see. Here. Eric Sutherland in the chat said, "Jacob, you still in your neighbor's crappy Wi-Fi?" <laughs> Eric's always on you, man. Always, I love it. And then he says, uh, "Justin Fields is a great running back, but I can throw better with my feet." <laughs> love it. This this right here is pretty good. Now let's check this one out. Uh, went for a colonoscopy. Doctor came in and says, all right, Billy, try not to get too excited this time. I said, that's not my name. He said, I know I'm Billy. I said, you're a Bears fan, right? He said, how'd you know? <laughs> there you go. Prison Mike. There you go. Prison Mike always coming through in the club. Right, hey, 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 that's just the way we talk in the clink. That <laughs> oh, all right, let's um, Zane in the chat. I think our defense is going to give teams a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, so let's do this. Let's let's move along here. When we look at the offensive side of the ball like we did yesterday, of course, I want to mention the playoffs chances. But, again, when I went back and watched that game, I'm trying to I'm trying to put – I'm trying to place Jordan Love in Aaron Rodgers' shoes that entire game. And there was a couple throws, a couple plays that Aaron made that I'm like, I don't know if Jordan can make that play. I don't know if he can make that throw. But there were also times where you could tell Aaron was looking for a big play and, and I couldn't help but think, okay, Jordan will probably play within the structure of the offense a little bit more consistent in that regard. So offensively, I think we got a shot again. I'm going to pull this graphic up that we did yesterday, um, and you may be able to see it a little bit easier here. This is the Packers offense in 11 personnel against the Bears defense in their nickel. And, and again, the thing that really pops out to me is, is the left side of that defense if we're definitely going slot left, which we typically do when we're in that uh, 11 gun doubles on. And, you know, the thought of working the RPO game to the left with the outside zone and the inside zone left, and then being able to boot right off of that after sleeping on it, I feel even better about it. The thought of those linebackers getting pulled up on that play action, especially wide zone left, you can really neutralize both Edmonds and Edwards in this game. I think that's something that they could do. I really do. I think Aaron Jones, I mean, when you look at their defensive front, Jacob, I mean, yeah, you have, you know, Walker there on the interior um, at a 72.8. But other than that, I mean, that's hot garbage across that front, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do agree with that. I learned today from watching a Bears. I was trying to get a lot of content in today, and um, I was – Ashamed to say that I watched some Bears podcasters. I even watched Peter Bukowski's podcast. But I did get a couple good gems off there, which we can talk about. I did find out also that um, that guy's name is Yannick. In, 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 Yannick. In, in, I can't do it. It's, but the first name is Yannick. It's not Yannick. It's Yannick. I don't remember what the last Yannick. name is. But I'm not Yannick in Mbakwe, whatever it is. But he's more of a like a true end. Like I forget that they're more of a 4-3 predominantly. Um, and like I'm just those two. Uh, if you want to bring back up those two linebackers, what are they both like? Eighty-one ish grades, or what is it? Eighty-six grades. Eighty-one. Eighty-one point six. Eighty-one point nine. Talked about. I feel like that. I'm just really excited to see if the Packers have a running game. If so, that sets up our play action. We've seen that Jordan Love absolutely loves play action, and he's really efficient with it. So, 
those two linebackers don't scare me. It sounds like Brisker, Jaquan Brisker, I believe, possibly could not play this game. I thought that he was on the injury uh, list right now. I mean, I, I just I'm not scared by those those cornerbacks. And like you talked about that front four. I mean, I think that Walker guy, I think he came in from Tennessee, but he does not scare me whatsoever. That Jones in the middle, the nothing really there. And like you talked about, I think that um, when you look at across the line there, that's that's their overall grades. Is that right, Clayton? Their overall offensive grade? Yes, overall offensive and defensive grade. Correct. I would love to see what that offensive line looks like when it shows their pass blocking grade because they basically be all blue. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. and I, I'd be interested to see what the Bears defensive line looks like when it's with their pass rush because I don't believe that they have that much talent there at all. They were pitiful last year on it. So I, I really am confident going into this game, and I'm not I, – I know I'm a homer, but I just think that we outplay this team almost in every single aspect. Every positional I, – I think we have a, a one-up on them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, that doesn't mean it's a guaranteed win, obviously, any given Sunday. But I'm I'm liking the chances the closer the game gets. And, of course, we talked about the uh, the point spread and how it's moved. You know, I, I think it actually began at two and a half or three points. Right now it's at one. But with PFF, they do kind of their own line from their analytics, and they have it at, at point five. So they actually have it a little bit more in Green Bay's favor uh, than the – the uh, FanDuel line. The last time I checked, it was FanDuel that had it at one point. Um, but let's do this. Let's move on to defense. Um, I know, uh, Tim, you had an article that you stumbled across today, right, and, and kind of talking about Kenny Clark and this defense. And I want to kind of pick your brain on it, man. What what did you come away with with that article? Um, well, it was, first of all, it's our, our good friend Paul Brettel who does phenomenal work. This was uh, – I want to make sure we give him credit here. This is from Packers Wire – uh, this afternoon, actually. And uh, the article was Packers run defense will be tested right away by Bears offense. And I think this article spoke to me because last night on the pod, we were talking about um, it's not just fields. It's kind of running back by committee um, or running game by committee, rather, with this uh, offense. And so Paul Brettel basically kind of broke it down, talked about Khalil Her- uh, Herbert you know, averaging five, 5.7 yards per carry last season, second highest in football, according to PFF. Um, and then also they've got this uh, Rashawn Johnson, um, you know, at Texas, he was averaging about five and a half per rush. So they're, they're stacking up their run game. And then, you know, also talking about the additions of Tunyon and Lewis, you know, along with Cole Komet at tight end. So there's clearly blockers uh, in the tight end room. Um but uh, some of the quotes were really good. Uh, he asked Kenny Clark um, about the Bears' run game, and uh, Kenny Clark said, quote, that's the number one key. They're a run-first team, whether it's Justin Fields or their running backs running the ball, they're a run-first team. Um, so the focus and emphasis on uh, on uh, run defense is definitely there uh, going into this matchup for all the people that you know complain all the time about stopping the run. Uh, what was interesting in here is uh, Paul says in the article, if we're going to see improved defense from Green Bay this year, it all starts up front with slowing the run. Now, I like Paul's words there, slowing the run, right? We're not yeah. going to sell out to run defense against the Bears or any other team, really. We're going to trust our front to slow it down and uh, prevent the explosive plays like like this defense is designed to do. So I thought that was really cool to see that. Um, in the article, 
but he basically just said that um, there's a different plan. Kenny Clark said there's a different plan uh, this year. You'll see this Sunday as far as the plan, as far as the techniques and everything, how we're playing defense, we're just going to be more aggressive. We're going to move around a little bit. You have guys like myself, TJ, DY, that can play stout and get off of blocks. That's all we got to do. Get off of the blocks at the end of the day. Stop the run. Plug the gaps. Direct quote from, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the captain of the the defensive line, Kenny Clark. So uh, Paul's article also says, you know, as far as what uh, what that plan is, Kenny was pretty tight-lipped about the specifics. We're obviously not going to give out a lot. Um, but he touched on, you know, a lot of post-snap movement, which we've seen throughout this preseason, stunts and twists. Um, so I think, you know, going into this Bears game, you know, I'm not going to go over this whole article. Make sure you guys check this out on, uh, I believe it's Packers Wire. You can check out Paul Brettel's Twitter. Um, but there were just some good quotes here. So if there's any doubt in your mind, guys, that we, we're putting an emphasis on this run defense, uh, this this article right here will will clear that up because, you know, I'll just do one more Kenny Clark quote here. Uh, He's talking about the younger guys. These guys are playing fast and we're putting a lot on them as rookies with Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden and Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton. You know, they got some snaps under their belt, but they're still young. We're putting a lot on their plates and they're doing a really good job. I'm excited to get out there this Sunday and play ball with them. So guys, Kenny Clark, we, we we touched on this at the beginning of training camp when, when we saw it right away. Um, he's taking that leadership role very seriously, and it's translating to the field, guys. So uh, just a little summary of, of Paul's article there, some good insight um, for our defensive front going into Sunday's matchup. Yeah, and just glancing at the article that you were talking about, Tim, and hearing you talk about it, I'm going to go to you, Jacob. The first thing that came to mind for me <clears throat> were stunts, were scrapes, were all these these defensive line games that we've seen in the preseason that we haven't seen in the past. And I'm telling you, man, it causes mass confusion against the run. In the past, like especially back in the 90s and the early 2000s, when someone would face a run-heavy team, they were very, very hesitant to run those stunts, to run those TTs, those ETs, those TEs, and even those scrapes because it would put their players out of position. But it's become such an art today in today's game to be able to use those those front-end games to stop the run. Like I said, the first time I recognized it was two or three years ago in Carolina, and I've mentioned that several times on the pod, several times here on the show, and, and it was something that Michael Lombardi caught on to. And he's like, man, they have perfected, they have mastered the ability to be able to use stunts up front against the running game. And it's not that they're designing them to blow up the running game. It's designed to disrupt the pass, but they do it in a way with some gap integrity to where they can key in on giving themselves just, even if it's just still in a half a gap, a half a gap can change the complete uh, result of a running play. But go ahead, Jacob, you had your hand raised, man. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to comment on Kenny Clark because I had a a quote from, I watched a bunch of interviews, Packers.com released just some, like three or four different interviews with some guys. One of them was with Kenny and one of the, uh, one of the reporters asked him what's different about this camp. And he said, well, it's the hardest camp that he's, he's ever had um, in a long time or in a while here at green Bay. And they said, well, what made it different? And he said, there was, it was harder hitting. It was more physical. The coach LaFleur asked more out of them that they had a harder schedule, whatever that meant. So meaning I'm sure like their 
just the way that they put together the team activities and probably what was asked of them. And I thought that that was kind of a cool, really little nugget that maybe we haven't picked up on because if we if we remember over the last couple of years, what we kind of lacked was the team couldn't travel well together. They weren't professional. We had to worry about them not showing up to games, being ready to go. If they were out on the, on the town the night before <clears throat> or something along those lines. And it seems like LaFleur has really decided that with this young group, he's going to start them the right way. He's not going to let any of that stuff, you know, there's not a lot of veteran privilege going on here. And I think that he's just making sure that he's cracking the whip on these young guys so that they're, they all just are, are raised the right way, starting from a young age, and that they don't let a lot of that, you know, stuff float in, which happened. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. a really good point because we saw that at training camp too where uh, guys were policing themselves. You know, you had right. the leaders on this team that were holding themselves accountable and holding their teammates accountable without without coaches even having to step in. Um, real quick, if I could squeeze one more quote in, kind of like what you just said, Jacob. Kenny Clark also said he was asked about the, the play of the defensive front uh, <clears throat> throughout this summer, and he said, quote, it's been great or a quote, it's been good. All those guys have been coming in ready to work every single day and being intentional about the work coming in every day with a purpose. That's all you can ask for. So there's some insight into the focus right there with, uh, which I think is for that, that team as a whole, but especially this defensive front, man, these guys are on a mission this year. Yeah. And the, the thing that you kept saying all camp long, when you were there at practice live Tim, you kept talking about how you would notice these position groups staying after practice, right? And how they yep. were working together, like they they were, you know, it, you could tell it wasn't something that the coaches said, "Hey, you guys hang around back here. We're going to head back over to Lambo." You know, you seen. I remember one one picture, one video you specifically sent. Kenny Clark had the defensive line group over there. Another one, Jair Alexander had the uh, had the DBs together after practice working on technique. Right. Yep. Absolutely, and you know that that was exciting to see that up close because, you know. Last year, this time last year, man, that we talked about this, the vibe was totally different. And I, I don't want to say guys weren't hungry or guys weren't focused. Maybe it's a little bit of those things. I don't know. Uh, but this year, it's a totally different energy. Uh, and things like accountability and, uh, you know, intent and focus, those, those are at the forefront um, in this locker room this year. So uh, this team may be young uh, and inexperienced, uh, however, they are certainly not your typical young team. I, I to Jacob's point, I don't I don't anticipate any shenanigans uh, or nonsense happening off the field with this team. Uh, it will be uh, plenty of days since our last nonsense in uh, in Green Bay. So uh, it's refreshing to see that with such a young team. You know, I mean, is Bach officially the oldest guy on the team now? Uh, who's who's our oldest player Ooh, now? That's a great that's a great I question. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Is it Bach? Sure it is. Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was right, Pat on top, and we got rid of him. Yeah. You know the right. oldest wide receiver is Mari Torre. <laughs> yeah, he's only twenty five, right? Uh, that's crazy, yeah. man. Absolutely crazy. And, so, and again, the people forget how young Jordan Love is and the fact that like I said, he's he's you know four months younger, I think. Is he four months younger? I know they're within four months of Sean Clifford, who's a rookie this year. It's like, holy yeah. God. You know, Kenny, Kenny Clark feels like he's been in the league for 15 years and he's only 27 years old or whatever it is. Like, how, how is this even possible? It's crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, Elevated Sean said Packers have been one of the worst week one teams, so they need to come out with some energy. And that's exactly what Tim was just talking about, Sean. 
Um, it feels like there's a little bit different buzz around the team this year, you know, and hopefully they do come out and, and just start fast for sure. I love the fact that they played, uh, you know, the starting quarterback during the preseason. I think that helps to get you off to a, a fast start. Mike Hebring in the chat said, I hear Brian Burns is in a contract dispute with the Panthers. Question, who is the better player right now, Brian Burns or Rashawn Gary, PFF comparison? I'll look that up right now. Just uh, right off right off the bat, um, Jacob, just, you know, right off the cuff as I look this up, who do you think is the better uh, player right now, Brian Burns or um, Rashawn Gary? I, mean, I, I think it's Gary. I know that Burns had – he kind of had, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he had like a good flash in the pan type of rookie season where he kind of initially showed maybe he was a better edge defender or whatever you want to call it, that he was a better pass rusher. But if you remember, Gary took just a little bit of time to develop, and he really didn't shine until I think it was year two where we kind of saw what he really could be. So I think that initially people thought that Burns was way better, but I don't think that you can argue right now that Sean Gary's a better overall pass rusher slash just edge defender, overall football player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tim? Um, I'm not as familiar because um, I'm, you know, Jacob's like my go-to for this kind of stuff because everybody you know, says we probably should. I'm not a fantasy Bruce. guy, and so like I don't pay a lot of attention to the inner workings of uh, a lot of the other teams, other than when we're doing prep for a matchup. You know, so that's when I start to kind of get to know some of these other rosters. So um, I, I will say this, I mean, Rashawn's coming off the injury. So there's a huge, huge asterisk there anyways, uh, when it comes to, you know, cause all we can do is compare numbers from last year anyway. So like when it comes to this year, we, you know, time's going to tell, um, I don't know if there really is a good way to answer that question, but I, at the end of the day, I'd rather have Rashawn Gary than, a lot of other guys. <laughs> so that's just my gut reaction. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. If you guys just keep on talking for a second, we'll see if we can get it, get it pulled up. If not, then I will, uh, I'll go a different route here, but I think I may have it. Let's see here. Yeah. There's Rashawn. And I'm gonna pull up Brian Burns real quick. This is Rashawn Gary's, I believe. Yeah, there you go. And now let me go ahead. If you want to go ahead and start rattling off his grades there, Jacob, I will yeah, uh, pass okay, rush grade at 83.0, run defense grade at 67.1, overall grade at 82.9. And again, that's on very limited snaps, guys. So, and he was, though, very, very productive before he got injured. I think there was a stat instead of something about the defense pressures. Green Bay was ranked mm-hmm. like third overall. And then after Gary went out, we plummeted down to 28th, something along those lines. So, yeah. so there, it is there you very, go. Very, very refreshing. It's 82.9 is Rashawn Gary's, and uh, Brian Burns is a 64.5, not even close. Now, Brian Burns was obviously the 16th overall pick. He was highly recruited coming out of college. Um, He was drafted in in the 2019 draft. When was Rashawn Gary? Same draft. Check it out. So, Gary was taking seven picks higher. No, four picks higher. I'm sorry, four picks higher. And look at the the difference in grades, 82.9, 64.5. Now, if Brian Burns is holding out for a crazy contract, I'm not interested, to be honest with you. I mean, there's not enough there. I mean, do do you disagree, Jacob? No, not at all. And like Tim was talking about, um, the only reason that people still bring this up is because this was one of those rare times where, I shouldn't say rare, it's just it gets lost in the shuffle. Everybody talks about the guys we missed in the draft, like the TJ Watts and 
we don't even want to talk about the other ones that we possibly could have you know picked but we rarely go back and be like oh well Bashan gary everybody everybody wanted us to pick brian burns it was the very in vogue thing it was him or somebody else i can't remember what the other one was and i'll be honest yeah. when we got gary i was like oh my god what really <laughs> like really and i grinned through it because i think i was on the live stream still with ryan i think that was one of the first live streams we ever did and i was just like oh my god like and then i i'll be honest i was thrilled i remember he cried he bawled his eyes out that night it was it was great yeah no, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't understand it at first, and when they drafted Rashawn Gary, and I have a good friend who lives up in Pennsylvania. He's a big Michigan Wolverines fan, and I messaged and said, "What's up with this Rashawn Gary, man? Somebody, I, I don't, I don't understand what they're seeing in him, whatever." And I'll never forget Jeremy, my buddy up there in Pennsylvania, and Mike. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it, and, and I, hopefully that answered your question there. But uh, when he, um, when Jeremy, when I asked Jeremy that, he said, "Clayton, you guys are gonna love him." He's a selfless player, he, and the reason his stats weren't gaudy, the reason that it doesn't look like his production was high is because he played on the interior. He played within the scheme. It, he was just like, trust me, dude, you got you a dog there. And I remember thinking, I don't know, dude, I'm just not seeing it. And uh, sure enough, man, he sits in the hopper for one year, plays behind Preston and and, uh, and uh, Zadarius, and then comes out like gangbusters and been a, a difference maker ever since. So I'm excited to see him week one. Let's go to the phones here. We got Dakota in Tennessee. Dakota, how you doing, buddy? Oh, hold up. I think I got it. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got okay. you, love. Loud and clear. Oh, well, I'm doing all right. How y'all doing? No, we're doing great, man. We're just we're just deep diving a little bit, nerding out over this Bears game, man. It's getting closer and closer, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to talk about tonight, bud? What's on your mind? Oh, well, uh, first of all, I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Um, I know I, I work. I mean, surprise, surprise, but I still enjoyed it. You know, I got to meet a bunch of cool people that came to the park. But uh, I actually had a story to tell that, that happened today that kind of oh. has to do with this whole thing. Okay, can we do that? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, now... For those that don't know, I'm a park ranger, so we in, in Tennessee, we do law enforcement, too. It's not my favorite part of the job. I'm more of a natural resource management person, but I do a lot of law enforcement at my park. So today, I found, uh, well, essentially, I recovered a stolen vehicle, right? So I'm looking at the outside of it, and I had to call it in to the local police department, and they ask me a question when I give a description of the vehicle, and their question was, does it have fuzzy bear's dice in the mirror? Sure enough, I look through these tinted windows, and there's a pair of fuzzy dice with the Chicago Bears logo on it. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I said, absolutely, it does. So they know exactly who it belonged to because they reported it that morning, and the officer that was dealing with it came by to help me out, and we got the whole tow and did all the law enforcement thing. And uh, I really liked this officer because he called the lady and he said, hey, just wanted you to know. And I wanted to tell you personally, we found your vehicle. Uh, it's in an unfortunate condition. I wanted to tell you this. And, you know, so he did. And I tell that story for a reason or a few, few reasons, actually. One, I mean, it's it is kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of gallows humor type situation. It is kind of funny. But also, <laughs> I just want every, yeah, I want everybody to remember especially the Bears fans, since they like to pop up on this, you know, podcast. When we whoop up on you, 
you know, this next game, it could be worse. Yeah. It could I, I be just, worse. I just love the idea. You're, you're doing your investigation. You get your notepad, and, and then you look through the windshield and see that Bears logo, and this this is this is his reaction, right? Whoa, whoa. Here I come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Look, I, love I did it. a double take. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. It is what it is. I've got several friends from back home in Kentucky who are Bears fans, and uh, we have a, we have a lot of a lot of fun with it back and forth, which they're very respectful and they understand the history and just how much we've whooped up on them here recently, right? But uh, that's wild, man. In Tennessee, right down there Tennessee. around Memphis. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of has been Chicagoans. Uh, that's what I call them, has been Chicagoans. There, there's a lot of folks that moved from Chicago to Memphis, and I guess it's because they might be. Um, you know, they they might just saying there's a lot in common between Chicago and Memphis, and it's not always good. So they, they might like that kind of stuff, but uh, I guess that's what it is. There's a lot of folks from Chicago here. I think what he's trying to say is stay off the damn weed. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, you got anything else for us, Dakota? We needed this, man. We needed this bad. Mm-hmm. No, sir. That's that's it. I, I've been looking for a good distraction and a good story because, man, I got whooped up on in my uh, fantasy drafts this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I figured I'd come on a chair. Well, hopefully you get that straightened out, man. Hopefully you get oh, yeah. straightened out. Just study that waiver wire and listen to the uh, Packernet Fantasy Podcast, shameless plug. And then <laughs> you can pick up on some, uh, some steals there on the waiver wire, right? Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, you take care, man. It was good hearing from you. All right. Yes, sir. We'll see you all later. All right. Take care. That's Dakota in Tennessee. We got Robert in the chat says, gosh, I love you guys. Just found your content. Go, Pat. Go, Robert. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for dropping by, man. Uh, we're trying to get our feet under us. You know, we're uh, this is the first season kind of going live on YouTube like this consistently. And uh, I know I'm having fun. I don't know about you boys, but I'm having a blast for sure. Uh, let's see here. The number one Packer fan said this energy is different and I'm digging it a little more nasty to some of these guys. And this team has been missing some of that for a while. I completely agree with that. Something does feel different in that regard, too. They're a little a little scrappier. and You kind of get the sense that they're going to fight for each other. You really do for sure. Let's see, Steve. Steve is real. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, this team is totally together is because of the, the, the leader. The, the leader of the quarterback is totally with the team through OTAs and all of the camps. The whole team feels completely together. They totally believe in love. I, I agree with that, too, man. I think they absolutely believe in Jordan Love for sure. I really do. Um, what we're going to do next, guys, we're going to – actually, there was something I wanted to pull up for you guys. This was kind of cool. It kind of goes along with the defensive talk, Tim. I got sidetracked pulling up those extra PFF numbers. Let's look at the tendencies for the Bears on offense, okay, since we're talking about the defensive side of the ball for the Packers. So last year, these are the the run-to-pass run to ratio tendencies, all that good stuff. The Bears um, basically ran the ball 48% last year, okay, passed at 51%. That that was second highest in the entire National Football League, okay, only behind the Falcons. Now, when you look at their first down formation, this really caught me off guard a little bit. Like, when you look at the Falcons' first down formation, they've got it listed as other, which means it was some kind of exotic front. It wasn't shotgun. It wasn't single back. It wasn't eye form. It wasn't empty, right? So you probably had some kind of exotic look there. With the Bears, they were in shotgun 50% of the time on first down. So look for that this Sunday. Look for them to come out. They like to come out, spread it out a little bit in the gun on first down and probably still look to run it. And, of course, that read option that we talk about, 
those missed tackles occurred on, um, you know, that was out of the shotgun, obviously running that zone read. I just thought it was cool to kind of look into that and see, you know, what, what their tendencies were on first down. You know, the first down personnel, too, when you look at it from that perspective, they were still in 11 personnel the majority of the time at 48%. They were in 12 personnel 23% of the time, 21 personnel 21% of the time. And uh, let's see here, 13 or thirteen personnel, 4% of the time, 22 personnel, 2% of the time. So essentially what you're looking at here is you add up the 12, the 13, and the 21, right? And it's going to put you right at 50%, I believe. Let's see, 44, that's 48%. Yes, you've got, really, it is, it's 50% other than 11 personnel that's going to trigger your base defense, okay? And I think that's very, very important to think about. So when you look at it from that perspective, 50% of the time, if they keep their same tendencies from last year, 50% of the time we're going to be in our base defense this Sunday on first downs. Okay. And I think that's something that we got to, we got to kind of key in on because when you look at the offensive set, this is 11 personnel here. Okay. So keep in mind that you would have to take probably Claypool off of the field. If, if you're going to go to a 12, 13, or 22 personnel, okay? In my opinion, their offense gets a little bit weaker, but they like to lean on that run. They like to pound the rock, right? And when you look at how our defense matches up against them, again, remove Van Ness from right outside linebacker. I don't agree with them putting him in there. I think it's going to be Preston Smith and Van Ness will be rotated in. I'm liking our chances of stopping this run uh, for sure. But, again, just want to point that out. Look for them to be in shotgun on first downs, Jacob. Okay, so can I ask you – if what what is your ideal defensive formation to combat them on first down if they're in shotgun and we want to try to maybe throw some sort of a spy ish maybe a Quay Walker is somehow doing some sort of spying on Justin Fields is that a nickel formation what what is your you're the defensive coordinator what are you drawing up to stop that to be able to defend what? them in the shotgun and make sure that you have somebody keeping an eye on Justin Fields trying to skip out and run it's Big all going to be it's all going to be triggered. It's all, all going to be triggered from personnel. So if they come out and shotgun and they're 11 personnel, you got to make the decision. Do we go with base nickel, right, which is basically three corners, two safeties, right, two linebackers, um, two down linemen, and then your edge defenders? Or do you want to go with big nickel, like Tim just said, where you put a safety in place of that nickel corner, which basically means you're probably going to be bringing in Jonathan Owens as opposed to Keyshawn Nixon. Okay, so that's where you make the swap. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Did you know electric vehicles put more strain on your tires because EVs are heavy and have more torque? At Discount Tire, we love to help match you with the perfect tire for your electric vehicle because we LV your EV. Buy and book online at discounttire.com. Who would you rather have on the field if you want to go to a big nickel, Jonathan Owens or Keyshawn Nixon? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I can't think of either one of those that I go, yeah, I definitely want them on the field. You know what I'm saying? So if you had an Adrian Amos back and, and us going into the season thinking, well, he had a down year, but Amos has played strong in the past, I would feel comfortable with him being in at big nickel, right? But with Jonathan Owens – now, granted, Jonathan Owens, his strength, of course, is tackling, right? That's his big strength. So if we're not too concerned with Justin Fields throwing the ball, maybe that is the right move. But if they come out and they're in 21 personnel, 22 personnel – uh, 12 personnel, like we said, it's going to be 50% of the time. And then if they show that, it's going to trigger our base formation. You can still spy out of that. You know, we played a lot of quarters coverage out of our 34 base, right? And and basically what that's essentially going to do, if you're playing country quarters, which is drop zone across the middle, um, then you're going to have Quay and Devondre with their eyes on Justin Fields the entire time. So if you're worried about him scrambling, and that's the thing too, like, to me, he didn't hurt us too bad scrambling. Where he hurt us was with that read option. And with the read option, again, I, I you know, I had somebody ask earlier today on Twitter, and I, I sent, I, I think it was actually Mike. We were, you know, had a little exchange back and forth, and I was like, man, you you can't, Joe Barry can't go tackle him. He can't go out there and tackle those guys. Like they have got to make plays. And when you've seen Justin Fields bust out in those read options, those zone read runs, and he, even a little bit of RPR, they were just missing tackles. That means we were. They were better at football than us in that certain aspect of the game, right? But hopefully that answers your question, Jacob. I don't think it's going to affect the spy because Quay Walker is going to be on the field regardless. Devondre Campbell is going to be on the field regardless. I think what you're looking to do, though, is trying to run some of those stunts in the middle to disrupt the running game like Tim was talking about in the Paul Brett article of how you know Kenny mentioned they're going to move around a lot. Um, I think you do that. And you probably want to keep a little bit of contain. I wish I had the analytics pulled up. I haven't even dug into it. Which side he scrambled to the most. I imagine he scrambled to his right the most. Well, that means it's going to be Rashawn Gary off that side, right? Now, I, I have all the faith in the world in Rashawn Gary being able to contain Justin Fields. But at the same time, if you're playing a contained technique, you're not pinning your ears back and rushing the quarterback. So it kind of takes Rashawn Gary out of the equation a little bit. It almost neutralizes him off the edge. I definitely don't want to see that. But what I would like to see, imagine this, we come out in a 34 base, right? Or let's say it's a nickel. Let's say they're in 11 personnel and we come out in a nickel, whether it's big nickel or not. I would love to see that defensive tackle on the right side of the line go at least to a two or a three tech, right, and try to get on the outside shoulder of that guard and then have Gary crash in, right, and then have if let's say let's say it's Kenny Clark on that side of the formation, right? Imagine Gary crashing in and then running what we call an ET stunt. And then all of a sudden, Phil sees the pressure, feels the pressure, goes to scramble, and Kenny's coming around the edge to to knock him out. You know, that's that's definitely something that's coming to my mind if he likes to roll right a lot. But again, the zone read is what we've really got to key in on here, in my opinion. So did that answer your question, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Cool. I mean, I, I swear you guys ask me a question. I go on these 
freaking rants. And I'm like, and my mind starts going in different direction. Well, you know, that could counter this way. And it's, I know it can get confusing for sure, but that's how um, we learn though. I don't know how y'all learn that way, but if it works, it works. We learn. Just keep keep spitting it out, Clayton. We'll keep taking notes. Oh man, I'll tell you what. Let's see here. We got I don't even know how to say that name. What would you how would you say that name? Would you just snore, Jacob? There it is. <laughs> Gonna be called Scary Gary after this year. He's a man possessed. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh let's see here. Michael in the chat, thanks. I was thinking, who the heck is Brian Burns? Wasn't he an edge rusher from Florida State? I, I can't remember what college. You, did they did that say Florida State? Did you guys catch that? Let me look real quick. Uh, let's see. Yep, yeah. Florida State Seminoles. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, in my opinion, man, he he really hasn't lived up to the expectations, Michael. And, and I appreciate Mike Hebb bring, bringing that to our attention because there's probably going to be a lot of talk about people saying, hey, should we go out and, and try to get a Brian? I'll tell you who I would be interested in if it wasn't. Man, I probably shouldn't even get into it, but let's do it anyway. We got the game coming up Thursday night. Uh, Chris Jones, right? That's his name for uh, Kansas City, right? The guy who's holding out, big defensive lineman, absolute stud. That's someone who can play all the way up and down your defensive line. He can play He can play a one. He can play a three. What they did with him so well last year is they would even put him out on the edge, right, rushing the quarterback. So when you look at someone like Chris Jones, that would be worth going and trading for. But the only issue I have with Chris Jones, Tim, is the fact that, you know, in Kansas City, they're all agreeing to take less money to build this dynasty. Pat Mahomes took a team-friendly deal with that 10-year contract. Uh, Travis Kelsey should be the highest-paid wide receiver, not tight end wide receiver, but he chose to take less money so they could keep this team intact. And now what Andy Reid in this front office and, and uh, uh, Veach, their general manager, is faced with is do we pay one of the best defensive linemen in the game and it could upset our locker room, or or do we just hold hold firm here and, and let him sit out to week eight like he's talking about doing? And, and the reason it's important is because you've got the rest of the teams going, hey, look, man, we're in it to win some rings, dude. You know, yeah, we want you to get paid, but you ain't got to be that greedy, right? And Chris Jones seems to be like, I don't care about rings, dude. I, I want I want what's coming to me. Do we want that kind of guy on our team? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think so. Do you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, I do. It almost reminds me of what the Bears dealt with with Khalil Mack a few years back. You know, you you, you think that, you know, I, I, it's one of those things, you know, on the field, yeah, the guy is a monster. He's a phenomenal player. But if the baggage and the, the extra stuff that comes with you as a player is going to disrupt, you know, that defensive line room or the defense as a whole or the team as a whole, I think it's a net negative. And and you go, you trust your guys that you have. Uh, we've just spent the better part of a month praising this defensive line group and the young guys that we have and the work that they're putting in. I almost wonder if you, if bringing in a, a guy like Jones would just kind of, kind of throw more of a wrench in than it's worth at this point. But I mean, you do mention the versatility, which can help with this group, him being able to basically play anywhere on that line. Uh, get, would give us more flexibility. But then the question also remains is what do we have to give up to make a trade like that happen? So I right. I would lean towards just, you know, sometimes if you're not sure what to do, the best thing is to just do nothing, you know. So it's kind of where I'm leaning at right now. Yeah, makes a lot of sense for sure. Let me take a second here. We want to say this episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add flavor to your Packers watch parties. The sweet and tangy Dixie Red Sauce Packs, a one-two punch, with brown sugar and molasses, and the spicy Chicago fire sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. 
complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe, brisket and rib rubs. And for the ultimate game day experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering for you. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins will have your crowd cheering. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today. Catering menus and uh, for catering menus and to order their mouthwatering sauces and rubs. Jacob, we were looking at a pack earlier today. First of all, they they got five locations. Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse in Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Again, that's OldSouthernBarbecue.com. And they've got several different packages put together. I've got my eyes on one where it's got four sauces and some rubs mixed in as well. I think even a T-shirt. So we're going to try to uh, get get that down here in Tennessee. I showed it to, to Mandy earlier today, and we were like, you know what, we could get this for her brother. We can get it for uh, her sister's husband because we're all – I mean, as you could tell, I got more chins in a Chinese phone book, dude. We're eating all kinds of barbecue year round down here. So, um, is there what? What is your favorite rub from Old Southern Barbecue, Jacob? I got to ask you real quick, man. Oh man, you got to do the brisket rub or the rib rub for sure. Those are my two favorites. If you like doing brisket, and one of the things too, if you guys are within the Packer or uh, the Packer within the uh, the Old Southern Barbecue locations, any of those five. So basically, it's right on the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin. It stretches about a good two to three hours right on that like uh, borderline there if you're within driving range. You got to go in and get butcher paper from any of our locations. Butcher paper is kind of hard to get, but it's like the it, if you're wrapping a pork butt or a brisket and you use foil, the foil, it, it's okay. But I'm telling you, you got to come get butcher paper. It's we, we sell it for like 25 cents a foot. You just wrap it once the meat gets around like 165 internal. And then you wrap it in that, put your paper, throw it back in your smoker until it hits your internal temp you're aiming for. And it like lets it kind of lets the juices come out, but it still like absorbs them a little bit. It lets it breathe a little bit. I'm telling you, it is the best thing you have. You have to throw a bunch of paper into that mix and you'll you'll be really, really happy. But the the brisket rub, the rib rub, they're all good. Chicken's really good too, but it's whatever. Man. I can't appreciate the tip there for sure. Doug in the chat said, I agree, Tim. Um, don't mind D giving up one or two chunk plays and first downs to the run. Just keep wide receivers in check, keep a spy on fields, and you'll hold them to under 20 points. That seems to be, to me, it just makes so much sense, right? Now, it's easier said than done. Obviously, we're sitting on our couch. I know I'm sitting here about about 15 pounds overweight telling an NFL team how I, I would play this mobile quarterback, but I'm with you, though, man. That seems to be the game plan to put, uh, to put together for sure. Let's see here. This is one you talked about yesterday, Jacob. Bears rookie Watt versus uh, Gary Preston and Van Ness, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> I think they're going to eat, man. I think they're going to eat, dude. I really do. Um, let's see here. Hey, I got a question shot. for you, Clayton. I need I need Sunday to get here. My bookmark tweets are filling up fast, and I'm ready to go to war. <laughs> 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 I got to hit them with it real quick, and we're getting to your question. Man. All right, hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. I, love it. I can't every time he posts in here, man. And I see that prison mic smirk, bro. That's my screensaver at work. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. What's your question, buddy? I'm just kind of going along the defensive talk, of course, like I always do. Um, you know, I, I, I guess there's a comment and I just want your take. Maybe it's not a question. I guess what I see happening here is, uh, you know, I see us getting home a lot with the pass rush. Um, and even without a lot of help from the edge. Um, and I guess what I see happening is, you know, we talk a lot about stopping the run and field scrambling ability. Um, but again, we touched on this yesterday, Luke Getsky and his emphasis on the screen game. And 
I personally believe that it's only going to take a few snaps of us just lighting up that offensive line that Getsky's going to start calling screens. And I want us to be aggressive. I want us to be adaptable also. And I don't want to keep, you know, pushing the agenda and getting beat by little screen passes all day long because maybe it's just how I see the game. I see screens as an extension of the run game, not, not a part of the passing game. Um, so to me, that's just as effective as running the ball with your running backs uh, and having tight ends blocking. It's the same, it's the same effectiveness. If you're, if you're getting, you know, pressure in your face and you're able to throw this little screen and we've got four or five guys, you know, in the backfield, you know, we've seen this happen before. I, I just wonder what, what's your take on that, uh, Clayton and Jacob? Like, do, do you see that? And do you see us being able to, you know, adjust and get in the right the right sets to deal with a, a screen attack from the Bears? Yeah, well, it's funny. You, you're you asking me another question. Eric Sutherland in the chat say, Clayton talks so much, my jaw hurts. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right, so back to your question, the screen pass. Tim, your screen pass. That's the beautiful thing about zone defense. It doesn't catch you off guard. When you're playing zone, your eyes are on the quarterback, you're facing the quarterback, unless, of course, you're playing, you know, if you're playing zone match and they hit that that barrier, right, that seven yards, that nine yards, whatever whatever the, uh, the trigger depth is set, that's when you're going to turn your back and run and it turns into man coverage. But with when you're playing zone coverage, like think about this, under Joe Barry's defense, when was the last time we got hammered with a screen? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, and I can't think of last year going, man, the screens eat us up. And I could be wrong. I could be overlooking it. Jacob, has anything come to mind for you? Do you feel like we've been susceptible to the uh, to the screen game on defense? No, I mean, I was just going to say to Tim's question, like, what are we going to do? I I really do actually like the, the way that our corners have played screens in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Razul, Jair, they're not afraid when they when they diagnose that, especially those wide receiver bubble screens. Um, a lot of the times I really like – I think that our interior defensive linemen, we've seen that member on that one play in the preseason was it Carl Brooks identified the screen, drifted with the offensive lineman, saw where he was going, and actually almost made the one-handed over-the-shoulder interception and yeah. should have made it. And so it's right. like I, I, I'm I, confident that the Green Bay Packers, especially being led by Gary, which I think it's so huge, what people may not understand, is I'll bet my last dollar that Rashawn Gary – if it's like a second and five, and like Tim said, we've been just pinning our ears back all game, and all of a sudden there's a screen that kind of gets developed or, or that shows like the, the tendencies of a screen or at the beginning of the snap, you don't think that Rashawn Gary's screaming at the top of his lungs, watch the screen, watch the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm just not too worried about it. I know that we're going to make some adjustments, but I, I have a lot of confidence in this defense that they have. They seem to be playing really fast and very well together. And um, I think the biggest thing, too, could be just quite taking that two-year step, second-year step, because um, if he can diagnose those types of things before anybody else and get in position, I think that – I forget dude, how many tackles that guy had last year. It gets me really excited. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so, so Tim, I think we would all agree, I, you know, with this type of defense, I wouldn't be too concerned with it. And they're going to lean on the screen. They're going to try the screen game, whether it's the bubble screen out wide, a little bit of RPO action, um, you know, or or the halfback screen. They have to because their quarterback 
couldn't hit a bull in the butt with a mop, bro. Like it's it's bad. They're gonna have to lean on that. Um, but I'm I'm not that concerned with it. And again, as you asked the question, I'm I'm trying to think when was the last time we really got burned by screen passes? Feeling pretty good now. Everybody was pounding the table and screaming, "We want man more man coverage, right?" If we come out and play man coverage, that's a whole different ball game because you're turning and running, you're playing press man. Those are the defenses that get hammered with the screen pass. For sure. Um, here's a great question here, and then we're going to go to your little segment, Jacob. Um, Elevated Sean said, have they named team captains yet? I'm assuming uh, Jire gets one this year, wondering if Love or Jones gets one. Has has anyone heard about team captains yet? That's a good I, – I don't know, and I saw that um, that question, and I, it hmm. was a head-scratcher for me. I don't know. How about you, Tim? Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything officially, but uh, those seem like pretty good uh, guesstimates right there. Um I could see that. I mean, what is it? It's one defense, one offense, and then a special teams. Like, how does that work? How I think they did. I think they did six last year, if I remember correctly. I could be wow. wrong. Yeah. Okay. So it's changed a lot. There was one team that had twelve. I was like, what the heck? Everybody getting a, a participation award here? <laughs> but Chad Inc. in the chat says uh, he tagged uh, Elevated Sunshine. Zadarius Smith didn't get voted for captain again. Laughing emoji. <laughs> I bet he didn't. I bet he didn't. All right, guys, everybody in the chat. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the newest members of the PTA Posse. We got Zane Strong, and we got Mace Taggart. It's either Mace or Macy Taggart. Uh, appreciate you guys joining the YouTube uh, uh, club there with the PTA Posse. If you want to be a YouTube member, obviously you just click join there on the homepage. That will enter you into a contest. We're going to be giving away this autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey right here um, this Sunday, immediately following the Packers game. Um, during the post-game show. And then, of course, the second-place winner will actually win what Jacob's showing you right now, which is a piece of memorabilia, a game-worn jersey. Oh, he ain't got it. Never mind. He already sold it. He already sold it. What? Uh, <laughs> no, he's going to be giving away a, a game-worn a game -win jersey uh, piece from uh, Aaron Rodgers, like one of the little, you know, the little patches that are cut off, which is kind of cool too. So uh, like I said, we're going to put everybody, everybody who are YouTube members, we're going to put their name on the wheel, spin it live on the show. Then we'll spin it again for that second place. But the first place, the first winner, we'll get the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey for sure. So with that being said, Jacob, let's get into it. Chat, we need you involved here, okay? We're going to do a little over-under game, all right? He's got some of the uh, some of the numbers that are coming out as far as over under on statistics, bettings, things like that. Um, so Jacob, take it away, man. And and again, everybody post over or under. What's your answer in the chat? Let's roll. Right. So we'll blaze through these pretty quick. Oh, they oh, are oh, oh, hold up. I'm sorry, Jacob. I got to read this before you get started. Eric Sutherland said, "Jacob, give the jersey to your neighbor for a Wi-Fi payment." <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I don't, don't know what happened. Last oh, yeah, lightning strike. Come on, guys, leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to take the conglomerate prize picks was the um, the app that I predominantly use for a lot of these things. However, I can tell that prize picks is definitely like a lot of the other platforms, a little iffy on Jordan Love specifically and the Packers offense. They are not touching a lot of these platforms are not touching that game with a 10 foot pole. They're doing really generic stuff. But one that I found drafters.com decent website there for their pickums. They have Jordan Love slated at 209.5 passing yards for the Chicago game. Um, so over under on that, guys, what would your thoughts be? To me, that's a, an easy over. But um, there are some stats here, too, real quick. Jordan Love played that half game against, what was it, uh, KC, right? Was that the half game? Or was it? Yep. Um, no, that was the full No, game. that was uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Philly was the half game. So in that half game against Philadelphia, 
Jordan Love was more productive than six of Justin Fields' full games that he started in that year. <laughs> to make it even worse, in the lone start against, yeah, the lone start that he had in KC, Love, who we all said that that was his worst game. Everybody said, oh, that's the worst Love, you know, worst thing of all time. That would have been Fields' third most productive start last year. Last year was so bad for Fields, and his career has been so bad. So bad. He's never once hit over 300 yards passing in his first 24 starts. He's only hit 200 yards or more two times in the last 15 games, and he had two games where he didn't even pass for over 100 yards. That's historically poop bad. Like, really, really, really <laughs> bad. So anyways, when I'm looking at that, Justin Fields, they have him slated at 178 and a half passing yards. I mean, I to me, that's an easy under. I don't know what you think about that in the chat. I mean, these are, again, most of these pickums you combine at least two to three to four matchups, get your bet, and they do a multiplier. So on any of these especially, uh, but if you can find that one, to me, that's an easy under. They got him slated at 63.5 rushing yards. I am a little bit nervous that that one could be an over. I really hope it's not. But I, I could see if we have a good defensive uh, outing that, that we could keep them under as well. These are two that I thought were very weird to me. A.J. Dillon, they have him only at 37 and a half rushing yards. To me, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for just smashing the over button because if you do have a, like a predominantly offensive blowout, I, I, these, these numbers are just easy to me. Aaron Jones, 49 and a half rushing yards. I mean, all these to me, boom, over. So Tom says Fields rushing over. Elevated Shine says over. I mean, oh, Eric says. Uh, I, th- I think this. I think this might actually be this. These are from a few minutes ago. I think these might have been the Jordan Love um, over. Uh, so right. let's take it one one segment at a time here. You got Jordan Love. What's the over under on his passing yards again? Two oh nine and a half. Okay. So guys, uh, if you would confirm what you're saying over four in the chat, I think I'm going over on that. I really do. Now I think we're going to be playing from ahead too. Right. So you got to think probably going to lean on the run a little bit more. But also, man, this is kind of the Jordan Love coming out party. You know, a lot of people said when you come out on this first game and everybody posts Jordan Love 209 over or under in the chat for me. All right. When you when you come out on this opening drive, it's okay. Let's just let him get comfortable. Let's maybe run the ball. Right. Whatever. Dude, I say play action boot, load that freaking thing up. First play of the game. And I mean, throw it all the way back to Milwaukee, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, just that's exactly what they did with Aaron Rodgers. I was there for the first game. The first play from scrimmage, if I remember correctly, was literally play action pass. I came up out of my seat and he hit Jennings down the seam in a contested catch. And it was like, we're off and running. We got that out of the way, right? That's what I would like to see. So let's see what we got here. Um, all right, everybody in the chat, let's see. So we got over on love, over on love, John Schmidt, love over, Chad Inc. over on love. Over definitely 209 says Cheesehead Murph. Uh, love over 300 yards. Lord have mercy. John coming in strong. All right. Over on J. I don't see anybody saying under on the J. Love. Nobody's saying that. All right. What was the next? Oh, here we go. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Here we go. Michael says love under Jones and Dylan over. So let's go ahead and get to the next stat line that you're going to do over under on. Yeah, I just want to see what you guys think. Like I told you guys, Justin Fields and his woes, they have him slated at 178.5 passing yards. Again, he didn't get over 100 on two different games. He only got over 200 on two different games. And so that's mm-hmm. right in his ballpark. 
but he's never surpassed 300 yards passing against a pretty stout Green Bay's defense and especially defensive secondary that's pretty, I would argue, pretty good. I don't know. I'm going on the over. So just Jordan, I'm sorry, Justin Fields over under 178.5 passing yards. Go ahead, light that in the chat okay. real quick. Uh, Eric yeah. says. Yep, Eric, Eric Sutherland said Fields under. Here's my only problem with the under is because there's a good chance they're going to be trailing, right? And, yeah. you know, and, and I think that really will come into play. So that, that's what makes that a little tra- – I feel a lot better about the Jordan Love over than I do the Justin Fields under simply because I think that the, the Packers have got a good chance of, of kind of running away with that game. Um, let's yeah. see here. We got Chad Inc. in the chat says, under unless Fields get a bunch of garbage time because we're stomping them. That's exactly what I was saying there. Um, let's see. John Schmidt, Fields under on yards over on INTs. <laughs> All right, here we go. Cheesehead Murph says fields over. I think that's I think that's my choice too, Murph. Um Doug fields over in garbage time. Got it. The reason that I think that that might be incorrect is because I really do think that they're going to try to figure out how often they can run the ball and this uh, they're not like uh they had Khalil Herbert, but they also have Rashawn Johnson and they also have Deontay Foreman. Those are three starting running backs that all are right. bruiser pounder running backs. I really do think that they're going to try to see if they can just run this freaking ball down people's throats. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Greg Janikowski uh, says Bears losing garbage time fields over. And, of course, uh, Cody says the same thing. Fields is garbage time. So <laughs> fields is garbage time. I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going – like I said, I'm, I'm going to go over – on both of those. I'm going to go over with love. I'm going to go over with fields. Tim, how do you see that, man? I don't think we got your answer either way. Love, would you go over and Justin Fields over? Love, I'd go over um, un- unless, you know, it does turn into, you know, a grinder and we're and we're running the ball a lot. Um, but I see J-Love going over. And uh, Justin Fields, I'm with you guys. I, I want to say under, um, but, you know, if you're down – four scores or five scores, you know, even, even Justin Fields will start heaving the ball downfield. So, um, yeah, I mean, to, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I want to say under, but you know, and, and keep in mind, he can hit the over by, you know, throwing 179 yards. So it's, um, there is a, I, I would, I would say over cause I'm confident in our team putting a hurting on him. Got it. Right here, uh, Nostalgic in the chat says, I'm from Chicago and I hate the Bears. Please continue owning this team. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And here's a good point, too. Elevated shine. Fields will be screen yak. Yeah, it, it better be. It better be. But, I mean, heck, that last preseason game we've seen him in, even the screen passes, it's just amazing how people were like, look at his stat line. I'm like, you did not watch that game, did you? <laughs> like, he could not complete an eight-yard pass horizontally. Like, I mean, he completed it, but it was like – it's just amazing how inaccurate he was for sure. And then the last one here, Michael says fields over. What's the next one, Jacob? I was going to say, do you want to do one more? That's kind of a little bit more fun. This is from prize picks guys. So prize picks is a sponsor of ours. Really, really cool site. Like I talked about, they do some interesting stuff. This one, for instance, it's Christian Watson. Now they're trying to pick the over under it's set at 24 and a half yards. And that stat is receiving yards in the first two receptions. So however many, oh, okay. In, in the first two catches, however many, uh, whatever those two catches are, however many yards where they surpass 24 and a half or be under 24 and a half. Let's see here. Receiving yards in the first two catches. And what is it again, the, the number? 
24 and a half. 24.5 yards. So, like, to me, in my head, my scenario, I'm picturing exactly what you just talked about, Clayton. First play of the game or second play in the game, play action, long bomb, Watson down the sidelines. We saw they did this literally last year in Minnesota, and we had a gimme touchdown. And we all know that I love Christian Watson more than anybody, but I gave him a lot of crap for dropping that ball. And I don't think he, again, he didn't drop it. He just, his brain turned off and he acknowledged, he just forgot to grab it. It hit it. He put his hands out. Just forgot to yeah. All right. So yeah. I'm going over receiving yards in the first two catches, 24.5 yards um, over or under. I'm thinking, I'm thinking with the, you know, with Jaden Reed being on this team, with Luke Musgrave being on this team, um, you're still going to use Christian Watson on crossers, but I think you're going to see Christian Watson a lot less in the slot. I think they're going to use him on the boundary. So if it's it's the first two catches, I, I'm feeling good about the over there. I am. I'm feeling good about the over. How do you see that, Tim? Again, the question is, just to read it off, Christian Watson receiving yards in the first two catches, 24 and a half yards over or under. I'm I'm going over. I'm I'm with you guys, and since we're all picking our uh, our favorite opening play here, I I say we bust out the flea flicker. I say we bust <laughs> it out. I say we hand that ball off to Jones, like they think, oh, we're gonna try and get a little groove going. Let's run the ball, and we turn around, flick it back to Jay Money, and we got one on one with Christian Watson down the field, and we just we just hit that over on one play and just get it over with. <laughs> I love it, dude. Let's see. John Schmidt in the chat said, I'm taking the over on Watson. He doesn't drop it this time. Uh, let's see. Eric Sutherland says under on Watson. Dakota says over, but Watson has to catch it. He used his one major miss in the in the first preseason, so I'm confident. Uh, John says Watson over. Cheesehead Murph says under. Uh, Chad Inc. says over. Mike Berry says over. Cheesehead Murph, if he catches it, then it's over. <laughs> uh red mo under but let's see but that third catch though is going to be a big and <laughs> i like it jeffrey watson over uh eric sutherland flea flicker i change i changed the over on watson look he already convinced my boy over there he averages <laughs> here's michael he averages 15 yards a catch over that's a good point there oh, uh green point. magic come on love throw it to kenosha <laughs> i love it the only thing that i was thinking of is I see a bubble screen almost on like one of the first passes and then doing one of those weird jet sweeps or something like that, where it goes for like four yards and they consider it technically a pass. You know what I mean? So I didn't yeah. think about that sort of thing, but like you said, uh, whoever talked about Michael there that he, yeah, he averages over 15 yards to catch. I just see them. We've got other guys now that do that. We've got Jaden Reed to start doing those end around stuff. We've got, you know, even Dobbs is doing it. I don't think I'm a little bit nervous that Dobbs isn't going to play this game. But I'm not nervous because I think my boy Malik Heath is going to be popping into that spot. And he's going to be setting that edge on those rushes because I think that a lot of people sleep on the fact that uh, Dobbs and Watson are both really good in the running game as far as being willing to block. I think Malik Heath could even be better. So I'm not worried. I like it. You want to do like one more? Doug and, here? Yeah, Doug said Watson under Bears DBs will, te- will uh, defensive pass interference before giving him an early deep ball. And then – John Schmidt in the chat says, I think Watson is going to average close to 15 yards per catch this year. He's just not going to get short targets with Musgrave and Reed around. I, I agree. Now, they may run a little a little shallow cross from time to time and let Musgrave do like a Y climb or send Jaden Reed out on like a switch concept down the sideline. I think there'll, there'll be plenty of that as well. But, uh, yeah, 
I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, let's do one more, Jacob, and then we'll get out of here, man. All right. Um, trying to think, should we do Jaden Reed or Aaron Jones? Let's do Aaron Jones. I like this one. All right. All right. So will will Aaron Jones exceed or get below 23 and a half rush yards in his first five attempts? One more time. Will Aaron Jones get more or less than 23 and a half rushing yards in his first five attempts? All right. Less than 23 and a half yards on his first five attempts? Correct. Five attempts. All right, I'm putting it in the chat, guys, so you can read it off. Make sure that's correct when I post it there, Jacob. I'm going to. I'm going to highlight it here just so you can see it. Aaron Jones, more or less than 23 and a half yards on first five attempts. Is that right? That is correct. Though. All right, guys, there it is, over or under. I'm going to say with this defense, with the Chicago Bears defense and the way that they're going to try to stop the Packers, I think they're going to be trying to play bend but don't break. I think they're going to respect the passing game. I'm going to say on the first five attempts, Aaron Jones kind of starts – doesn't he start kind of slow? Am I thinking right, Tim? Yeah, it, it seems that way. And it also depends on mm. how we're how we're utilizing them with those rush attempts. Um, kind of to your point, um, you spoke about how, you know, we might be able to attack the left side um on offense, you know, running the running a little inside zone, RPO left, uh, you know, or outside zone left, those kind of things. I think if we do that, maybe he does hit the over. But, you know, if we're running him up the middle or, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe not, you know, I think it depends on the play call, honestly, what type yeah. of what type of start he gets. But we have seen him start slow and, and finish strong before, so. Yeah, right. definitely. And keep keep in mind, too, against Chicago last year, Jacob, that's that's the, the game where we ran the end of rounds. We, we ran like two or three end of rounds, one of which Christian Watson took it to the house for that that big gain there uh, for the big touchdown where he, he jumped in the air, got in the air, and didn't realize what his celebration actually was and just kind of tucked it home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, go, let's go to the chat here. We got him pouring in. Eric Sutherland says, over on Jones. Elevated shine, easy money, over on Jones. Jeffrey in the chat says, under for Jones. Uh, let's see, Tom Spalding, Jones, more than 23 and a half. Green Magic, over on Jones. Michael, over, he's going to run, going to running left. John Jones, way more. Uh, Mike Berry, Jones, over. And let's see here, Cheesehead Murph, under game plan, heavy for run. John Schmidt, that's close, I'll take the over. And let's see who else here. The kid says, because their D-line is hot garbage and scared of the deep ball, Jones will smash that over. Elevated shine. Unless they load the box and force love uh, early to try and beat them and and to minimize the play action, okay? Chad Inc. under on Jones. Bears are going to make love beat them with his arm. I can see that. Dakota, Dakota in the chat says, I'm going to say under. If he does, though, it'll be in two of those uh, five runs. So, it's kind of it's pretty even. I think the over was the majority there, Jacob. But uh, what would you take, Jacob? I haven't even asked you on any of these. Would you go over or under there? I'm I'm gonna go over, but I was gonna ask you: Is uh, is Edmonds and Edwards are they predominantly run defensive linebackers, or are they more coverage linebackers, or are they all? That's around? a good question. In my Let's head, pull it up. Or maybe more coverage linebackers. Which if that's the case, like you said, maybe their game plan is that they want to dare Jordan Love beat us and 
but I would see them then maybe stacking the box a little bit more and trying to force us to run or to force us to stop the run so that we could pass. But I think they might be smart enough to realize that they don't want Jordan Love to drop back and try to pick apart that what I think is a questionable quarterback group there. Um, right. But like you said, if they're that confident in those linebackers, maybe they do want us to try that. I, I just I'm not scared of the Bears, man. It's weird. I have a weird confidence going into this game that even if they do shut down for whatever reason, our running game, I don't, I'm not, I'm not scared that we can't get something going in the passing game. Just not. Right. So TJ Edwards is a more balanced defender. Okay. His defensive grade is an 81.6. His run defense grade is 79.0 and his coverage grade is 78.4. So run defense grade for TJ Edwards, which he will be in whether we're 11 personnel or base. Um, His run defense grade is 79.0. And then, um, Edmonds is his run defense grade is 60.1. So given how crappy their defensive front is, like we just showed, I'll pull it up one more time. Um, I'm smashing the over on that, man. Yeah, I'm going over. Yeah. but And, and, and granted, running left will be to Edwards' side because, you know, Edmonds typically is on the strong side of the formation there in that nickel look. But at the same time, um, I'm feeling good about it. How do you feel, Tim, over or under on that? Aaron Jones, more or less than 23 and a half yards on the first five attempts. My gut's telling me over. Um, I mean, what are we? I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but we're saying in the first five attempts, I mean, so we're saying he's going to have to rush a little more than four yards a carry, mm-hmm. you know, to, to really to really make this happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it can happen. I mean, to say what, you know, to your point about the defense, uh, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong. So the Bears were like a, a two gap three four last year, right? And now this year they're like a single gap four three. I system. believe they were I believe they were four three last year as well, but don't quote me on that because Okay, it, so, it, the, so that's the second year of the system of yes, the new correct. team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I was gonna say is like how much do you think goes into the adjusting, you know, installing a new defense, that kind of thing. So if this is year two, then that's probably less of a concern then, I guess. Yeah, I, w- I would think that, you know, and that's the other thing too. The Packers are going to go back and they're going to they're going to basically look at the Chicago Bears. Typically, what and you'll learn this in the book. Take your eye off the ball for those of you who are reading it. Typically, what the coaching staff will do is the week of the game they'll go look at a four game saturation of the, their opponent. So their last four games, they'll go look at the tape and they'll look at their last two matchups against them. Right. So with this being the same system, the same scheme coming back. Um, I think the Packers are going to be a little more comfortable facing this defense. You really didn't know what to expect, especially with Eberflus coming over from an AFC South team and the Colts. You didn't get to see them a lot, right? Although everybody's got got the tape on them for sure. So um, just wrapping up the chat here real quick on those getting their vote in. Stephen Smith under. They key in on Jones. Doug, Jones over. Might only get 10 on the first three. He will chunk a run on carry four or five. Doug, that's kind of what I'm thinking. There will be a chunk in there. Um, let's see. Doug also said Green Magic. It's like Clayton said, Aaron Jones is a bit of a slow starter. Um, Doug also said five attempts might take three series. <laughs> Hopefully not unless the, unless they score quick. And then Eric Sutherland in the chat said the Bears suck at run defense and don't make up for uh, with, pass de- with pass defense. It's hot garbage. So, yeah, that's kind of how we see it. I think uh, I think that was a fun little segment there, Jacob, for sure, dude. That, I, I like that you uh, that you brung that up, man. That was uh, that was a blast to kind of 
to kind of go through and, uh, and look at those over-unders because it, I think it is important to kind of keep your finger on the pulse with those things. So now when we're watching the game on Sunday, obviously we're all going to be looking at those, right? That's how it's going to be. So, Tim, do you got anything else before we wrap up, buddy? Uh, the Bears still suck. Go, Pack, go. Green and gold till I'm dead and cold. That's, That's it. Right. I like it. I like it. The Bears still suck. Here it is. All right, Jacob, you got anything, buddy? No, nah, man, just uh, check out those ribs and spices at OldSouthernBarbecue.com. If you guys like this over-under stuff, that's what we do on the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We're going to be definitely getting back into our zone. We usually do at least two episodes a week, one before the game, where we kind of p- to make our picks. We do a lot of these uh, live picks on the air, and then we donate. I donate the, any winnings we do to Fertile Ground Ranch or whatever other charity that we're playing for at the time. And then uh, we just kind of talk about our, our fantasy teams that we drafted, talk about Packers first and foremost, and then bleed more into NFL news, all that kind of stuff. Most of all, just make fun of each other quite a bit. We got a Vikings guy on the podcast who we make fun of quite a bit. So, yeah, man, it's always good fun. But uh, I like talking about that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's always intriguing. All right, everybody in the chat, I want to thank you guys so much. Y'all brung the thunder tonight. Uh, yeah. You always make the show so much more enjoyable. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, <laughs> let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. No one shows. Go right by them and field this back. The YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.